Today on episode 133 of the Computer Tutor Podcast, everyone kind of assumes Google has this big database somewhere where it stores all the information it collects about you. If you have a Google account or a Gmail account or a YouTube account, would you like to see what Google knows about you? Well, today I'll show you how. Another episode of The Computer Tutor Tips, Tricks, and Advice from a Computer Pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your computer tutor, Scott Johnson. Hey there, welcome back. This is the Computer Tutor Podcast, and I'm your personal computer tutor, Scott Johnson. If you're new to the show, this is where we talk about all kinds of computer related things, and I try to show you something you didn't know about. But we do it all in plain English without talking like computer geeks. And I've had a lot of people actually tell me that that's what they really like about this podcast. And now, a word from our sponsor, me. If your computer has a problem, I would like to fix it for you. And it doesn't matter where you're located. In most cases, I can take care of the problem remotely, so you don't have to bring it into a shop. Just give me a call at 727-254-9078 or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And of course, today's computer tip can be seen at my website at computertutorflorida.com forward slash 133. So let's get started. Many millions of people use Google every day. And of course, you know that you're using Google when you do a Google search on the internet. But did you know that when you do a search on YouTube or watch a YouTube video, you're also using Google? That's because Google owns YouTube. They actually bought YouTube nine years ago. And if you use your smartphone as your GPS in your car, like I do, you probably use Google Maps. There's actually a Google Maps app, which you can use as a GPS. I use a different program called Waze. That's W-A-Z-E. It's kind of like a GPS, but with a social media aspect. And guess who bought Waze about a year and a half ago? Yep. Google. So really, a lot of what we do every day, just as part of our routine, involves the use of Google. And Google stores a ton of that information. See, here's the thing. Most of Google's revenue comes from advertising. Last year, Google earned $66 billion, and the vast majority of that came from delivering ads. Now, why are their ads so popular with advertisers? Well, it's because they can target a particular segment of their audience so well. And the reason they can do that is because of the almost mind-boggling volume of data that they store in their servers. Now, when you hear people talk about how Google knows everything about us, everyone always chimes in and agrees, and then there's the whole discussion about privacy and technology, blah, blah, blah. I'm not here to beat that dead horse today. What I want to show you today is how you can actually take a look inside the Google Information Vault and see what kind of data it's storing about you. When I checked this for myself, I was surprised at how much information was there. All right, here's how you do it. You open up any web browser and go to google.com forward slash settings forward slash account history. And account history is spelled out just like it were all one word. In fact, whenever someone's telling you a website address, it's always all one word. 
Sometimes when I tell someone my own website address, which is computertutorflorida.com, they might ask, any spaces or is it all one word? In a website address, there are never any spaces. So you go to google.com forward slash settings forward slash account history. And I know if you're driving right now, you can't write that down. So you can get the link at my website. Again, that's computertutorflorida.com slash 133. When you get to that Google page, the first thing it will ask you to do is sign in again. It'll even do this even if you're already signed into your Google account, just as an added precaution. Then you're going to see six different areas that Google can potentially store information about you. Those six areas are your searches, places you go, like if you use Google Maps for your GPS, your voice searches, now usually this is what's called the OK Google function, which you might not even use or be aware of, information about your devices, now that can be like contacts, calendars, and apps that are on your laptop or your smartphone, your tablet, whatever devices you use, videos you search for on YouTube, and videos you watch on YouTube. Now eventually you'll want to check out each one of these areas to see what information is stored, but for me the big thing I wanted to check out for myself right off the bat was the first one, my Google searches and browsing activity. Now to do that you find the section that says your searches and browser activity. First thing is to look in the bottom right corner of that section and see if the button says pause or if it says turn on. If it says pause, that means it's already on and it's already been storing information. If it says turn on, then it's currently off and it may or may not have any of your history in there. Over on the left side, you'll see a link that says manage history. This is going to open up a new page where you're going to see all kinds of information and it's all about you. So let's talk about what exactly is displayed on this page. At the top, you'll see a couple of bar graphs. One of them lists the hours of the day and it shows which hours you are most commonly doing Google searches. For me, it was fairly spread out early morning to late at night and I hardly do any searches between midnight and 4 a.m. But I already knew that. The other bar graph shows the days of the week. Again, it was, for me, pretty evenly distributed here. I do a few more searches on Thursdays and Fridays, and I don't do as much on Saturdays and Sundays. Below the graphs, you'll see an interesting list. This is the list of Google searches you've done, and they're listed in chronological order. The top of the list starts with the Google searches you've done today. Then below that is the list from yesterday. And you can keep going back by clicking a little button that says older. It just keeps going back to previous dates. But if you want to see how far back Google stores your information, clicking that older button really isn't the most efficient way to do it. Instead, look at the top of the page right next to the bar graphs, and you'll see a calendar that shows the current months. Now, as I look at mine right now, it shows February of this year. One of the interesting things about this calendar is that each date is blue, but each one is a different shade of blue. That color indicates how much Google searching you did on that particular date. A light blue means 10 or fewer searches on that date, and a really dark blue means more than 41 searches, and there are a couple other shades in between. If a date is just white, that means you didn't search Google that day at all. So the idea is that you can click on any date on the calendar and it will show you a list of exactly what you searched for on that date. Also on the calendar, you're going to see a couple of buttons, the back arrow and the forward arrow. You click the back arrow and it'll flip the calendar to the previous month. 
This is what I found pretty interesting. I kept clicking back and back and back until I finally got back to the oldest date that Google had on file for my Google search history, which was May of 2013. That means there were almost two years worth of my Google searches. And how many Google searches did I do between May of 2013 and now, which is February 2015? A little over 8,000. It was actually kind of interesting to go back and see what I was searching on back then. Most of them I remembered, and some of them I didn't actually remember doing, but based on the search phrases, it made sense that I was searching on that because it was something I was researching or interested in at the time. Now remember, this particular set of data is just one area of six that Google could potentially be storing. But if you don't want Google to keep this information about you, you have the choice to not allow it. Remember back in the beginning, I mentioned that each of the six sections has a pause button. When you hit that, it turns off the active storage from that point going forward. However, just hitting pause does not delete the information that's already stored there. You do that by going down the list of your searches and deleting the ones you don't want to show up there. You can delete just a few, or you can delete all of them. And really, let's be realistic about this. Do you really think that if you delete your search history here in your Google account and turn off the storage option by hitting pause, that Google's no longer going to track anything you do while you're signed into your Google account? Of course not. Even if they say they won't, we really have no way of verifying or confirming anything, so we just have to trust them. Or you could browse the web anonymously. There are some search engines that say they allow you to do that. You can also use a VPN, which stands for Virtual Private Network. That hides your IP address, so you can search without revealing any personal information, like who your internet provider is or where you're physically located. The important thing is now you know how to go and find out what Google knows about you, or at least part of what they know anyway. So what do you think? Do you find it scary that Google stores information from that far back? Or is it just something we all need to get used to in this age of technology? You can let me know by leaving me a voicemail on my podcast voicemail line at 727-386-9468. Or you can email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And that will do it for this week. As always, I'll see you back here next Monday morning with another computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future topic, you're welcome to do so at my website, computertutorflorida.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free Monday morning email newsletter. If you have a computer problem, give me a call at 727-254-9078. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. God bless.